today's episode, I sit down with Amy Ronick and we discuss how mental programming can create trauma and how trauma sometimes can create mental programming. I also discuss the steps that I've taken to minimize the amount of trauma that's stored in my son's body from an accident that he had just a few days ago. And Amy Ronick shares the program she released on her healing journey. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Ophelia Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors, teachers, and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. Amy Ronick. We're going to talk today about trauma and programming and how programming really is instrumental in creating your life, whether you like it or not. And so that's why I'm all about going back and finding out the programs that you're running so you can change your life. Right. So, uh, and we started thinking of talking about this because of Aiden. Um, you know, I don't know if people know what went on with Aiden, but he, he had a traumatic experience last week. So, yeah. Uh, so on Friday you know, night, he was running around and we were getting a lot of landscaping done. So my son is five and there was a lot of landscaping that was being done on, on the neighbor's house. And so there were a lot of trailers and he's, you know, five and a boy and he was running and he ran right into the trailer and cut his head really badly. So he had to get five stitches and blood was everywhere. And, you know, I'm freaking out and I actually didn't see the injury happen. So I wasn't quite sure where all the injuries were. So I just saw where some blood was coming from and it was actually everywhere. So that was another thing that was hard to figure out. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, in the midst of all that, you know, sounds like a normal injury and the mom reacting and you're like, okay, that's what moms do. And then uh, his other mom actually was like, he can go to urgent care. And I was like, no, I'm like, we have to call 911 because I was freaking out because I saw all the blood. She's like, no, it's just a head injury. They bleed a lot. Like he's going to be okay. So there was a little bit of an argument there and we quickly determined that we could go just down the hill and get our stitches and probably was better than going to a hospital, you know, with COVID going around. So anyway, so that, that was it. He got his stitches, came home. Um, he really doesn't even have a black and blue. Like he's healing just fine. He looks great. He wants to be playing just like a regular kid. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is knowing what I know about trauma and experiences and you know, I just don't want him to, for some reason down the line, be influenced by this in a way that I could have prevented something. So one of the things that we did right away when we got home was we, we did some tapping. So we did some EFT about the experience, about the trauma, because actually it was really interesting. Once we got home, he started to shake a little bit. And it's kind of like a duck. So like a duck shakes or a dog shakes to like kind of get their nervous system to reset. So he did that and I was like, oh, right, we need, to, we need to do something to calm his nervous system. So that's when we started doing the tapping. I was going to do tapping for myself. Like I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take care of me. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, it was a lot harder on me. He was like, oh, I should have driven my Jeep down. He has like a little ride on Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. He, he kind of had no idea about how bad it was. Right. So yeah. So anyway, so then we did tapping as a family about it. But then, you know, so now he's healing. And so is he like excited when he, when you're like, we're going to tap Aiden, is he like, 
like, oh, I don't want to, or is he like, okay, mom? On Friday, he was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but most times there's a little bit of resistance, like, no, you know, or whatever. I want to play. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather be doing something else, but he does know the value of it. So like if he can't fall asleep or something like that, or he's upset, he does know that it really works. So he will give in. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I, I am lucky like that. But, you know, so then I was thinking about it and I'm like, listen, like there was a lot of things that happened and I was a part of it. So it's a lot easier to get an outside perspective. So I contacted a friend of mine who does, uh, neuroemotional technique, which is NET. And this is through FaceTime. We were able to do this. So it's just like how I do my sessions from a mm-hmm. distance, you know? So he was able to go through each one of his feelings that were kind of trapped in his body. So like he felt responsible or caught in the middle, I should say, between Fen and I trying to decide where to go for help. He felt bad for me because I was so upset that he had done something wrong. He also had the trauma because he was running, that he was not winning, you know, in, in life, like he, because he was running from someone, um, he was outside playing. And so he, there was a little bit of, you know, a hang up around that. So like that theoretically down the line, if he has this belief, I don't win, I don't, I can't get away fast enough. I'm not fast, you know, something like that. He wants to play sports that could play into that, you know, down right. the line. So I didn't want that to be interfering with his wanting to play sports. It's really cool because honestly, without doing that, like later in life, he could be affected by that and have no idea where that came from. Mm-hmm. It's like and these it, made up, made up beliefs. Right. And then I talked about with the doctor about, you know, why the midline injury? So it's like essentially right along the midline mm-hmm. of his body. And this would be the second one. So the first one was when he, on day zero, he had surgery because he had an emphysema. So it means part of his intestines was on the outside of his body. So just a little bit, it was only about two inches or less. So they put that back in, but they had to sew him up. So there's a midline scar there. And then there's a midline scar now right down the center. So it's just, you know, I'm, believe me, I'm grateful that he's doing so well and he's healing so great. But I, I do always look at these other aspects that could be in there. Like, why is it a midline? Like I ask these kinds of questions. I get curious. I'm like, that is right in the center of his head. Like, Yes. Was it an accident? Yes. But do I have a better knowingness that everything is divine and, you know, everything's mm-hmm. orchestrated even down to that? Right. I truly do believe that. Like I've seen some amazing orchestras, orchestrations, orchestrations. Yeah, stuff that I don't discount anything. So I, I stay curious and I'm like, huh, that's a midline. What's that about? And so um, I talked with the doc and he was just like, you know what, he's going through some stuff right now, some inner turmoil, and that's what's coming up. And it kind of resonated with what I kind of would suspect he was going through. And so we're going to address that as well. So it's just another piece of information. It's like taking this one incident and dissecting it Right. Just making sure that, you know, if there's trauma there, can we remove it? Is there something there that we can do to help the communication of the cells? So yes, we're going to be rubbing the scar back and forth. That was one thing he said, you know, once it starts healing completely mm-hmm. um, to right. help the adhesion and connective tissue so that the electrons will flow, right? And all that, you know? But then, right. so I'm talking to another friend and she's like, well, that's a third eye. And I'm like, right, it's the third eye. I completely forgot. So now I told it and I'm like, oh yeah, some people call that your third eye. And he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this to my third eye. That's so cool. Maybe now I can teleport. <laughs> ah. I'm like, how does this kid even know teleport? And why is he putting this together? Like, it's kind of crazy. So That is crazy. I know, but you know what's interesting? So I was, so I'm laying there tucking him in last night we start talking because he loves Pokemon. So he wanted me to read about Pokemon. I don't know if you know anything about Pokemon. Do you? I know. I mean, I know what Pokemon is. I know it's like a whole thing. I mean, my friend, my brother's best friend's son, like 
towards the world in these Pokemon contests. He's like ranked highs. I know it's a whole thing, but I don't really know the details of Pokemon. I know their names and, you know. He's obsessed with Pokemon. And I didn't know a single thing about Pokemon until it was brought into our house, you know, from him. It's all about like, you can be psychic and a healer and all these different abilities or whatever. So he, he asks about them, which is so interesting because we don't really necessarily talk about them exactly. Right. Uh, He's a little young, you know, he's five. Yeah. So he asked me, he said, what is foresight? And so I was like, well, it's like being able to tell the future and da, da, da. And I said, you know, actually, if you meditate a lot, you'll be able to open up that gift, probably, being that your mom does that. Yeah. <laughs> being you, have, you're special. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I just have put a lot of time and effort into it. So I said, yeah. um, I was upstairs and I was coming down to actually do the podcast. And I was like, Aiden, where are you? And he's like, I'm outside. And I was like, all right, come in. And um, he comes in and he goes, I was just meditating, mom. I was listening to the birds and I had, and he had his eyes shut and like, he, oh, he's like, what I'm a proud to- mama moment. <laughs> I know. He's like, I'm trying to get good at foresight. He's like, you said meditation will do it. And I'm like, a lot of meditation, bud. <laughs> he's a smart kid. He's a yeah. really smart kid. That's amazing. I mean, he's really lucky that he has you to teach him these things and help remove these traumas and so forth. Because I, I mean, I truly believe that, you know, I got sick from my, auto, they call autoimmune disease from trauma and just nothing specifically happened to me like this big instance, but just not dealing with things and not speaking my truth because I never wanted to hurt people's feelings. And I took the brunt of it. And I try and pass that on to my kids, but I really do believe that just not being who I really was meant to be and kind of being who I thought I should be and doing the things I thought I should do and not saying the things that really were true to me hurt me. Yeah. And there was guilt that I had, like stupid things. Like I I remember my mom's girlfriends had a a shower for me when I was young. I got married at 24 and I didn't give them hostess gifts because I didn't know to do that. I just didn't like, I thank them or whatever, but I didn't buy them gifts. And every time I would go to a shower for somebody else's wedding and they would give hostess gifts, I would feel this guilt that I never did this. I mean, how ridiculous. I mean, I've told all them how guilty I feel. (laughs) But I mean, it's silly stuff like that that I held on for so long and I never realized it until I started going through my separation. Well, actually before when I was, I went through therapy for three years, talk therapy for three years, just to try and figure out what I wanted, what I needed, what direction I was taking. That kind of gave me a lot of clarity. My therapist used to say to me like, just sit with your own thoughts. Just be with your own thoughts. I was so busy doing other things and not really sitting with what I wanted and what I needed for me. You know, I think that that really kind of opened my eyes to what I needed to do. And that was like the very beginning part of my healing. But, you know, I got very sick before I found you (laughs) and started to remove this trauma and stuff. So I wanted to, I'm really interested in hearing more about that and the stories that you have and experiences you've, you know, learned about for people's trauma and how it affected them. Yeah. So it's interesting you brought up that story about feeling guilty, you know, and it's so small, but yet it has the ability to like create so much trauma in your life. Yeah. And what I find with people that's so interesting is that something like that will happen. And then when they go to the the next shower that they're at, not only will they feel guilty because they remembered it. So the trauma is still there. It's triggered right there. It's a domino effect. Did you find that you wanted to like tell your person that was having the shower, make sure you give these hostess gifts or, or like, I'll make them for you or like you went way over the top? No, it really didn't hit. It wouldn't hit me until like literally like at the end of the shower or like I'd see them there or something. It would spark. It would spark it if I actually saw them doing it. I didn't think about it ahead of time though. 
Okay. Now. So a lot of times people, what they'll do is they'll like they'll go over the try top and, and they'll try to fix it, but you can never go back to that time right. and change what happened. But the interesting thing about EFT, which is why I love it, is that mm-hmm. you can take those moments and tell your brain you're back at that time and then tap and move out that trauma. So that solve not, it. Yeah. So then every time you're at a shower, you're like thinking, I got to make, you know, these right. gifts. I laugh at it now. I mean, I actually had a moment where I like, it was like a cathartic moment where I was walking and I just kept on saying, let it go, let it go. And I just like literally saw all these stupid things I would worry about, just like move off and blow out of the way. And I, I like had this peaceful feeling. I started crying. It was this whole thing, but I just realized I have to let all this shit go. It's so stupid. And I'm sure the EFT and all those techniques that I've been working on to do that had helped. Well, what's interesting also about that situation is that your guilty feeling didn't start that day. Like there was this understanding that you should know things that you shouldn't know or that you didn't know, like that you should always know everything, right? Right. You don't know what you don't know. You were 24 years old and, you know, then you found out, I guess, when, when did you find out actually? I think like the next shower I went to, I was like, oh my God, I should have done that. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I see with a lot of um, autoimmune diseases is this overactive six chakra. So there's this overactive six chakra that is seeking out information on what don't I know? Like mm-hmm. what, what is it that I'm missing? Mm-hmm. You know? And so it, it puts you in hypervigilance and it basically is like fight or flight. When you're in fight or flight, you're constantly uh, going to be doing damage to your body. If, mm-hmm. if it's a constant kind of thing, a little bit of stress is fine and it's actually can be good for the body, but the constant stress of like, I need to know what I don't know. I mean, how much do we all not know? It's a ton of stuff, right? Right. That is so much of what I did. I would observe other people and be like, wait, I didn't know that. Or, and I, I always felt like I was, there was something wrong or missing. And it's interesting that you say, I always felt like something was wrong. And what you didn't finish was with me. Like, yeah, with me, like, right. should I be d- being somebody else? And that's right. always looking to be something else is ridiculous. You yeah. know, like if I could just look within me and be like, okay, this is who I am. I'm going to be who I am. Say what I want to say. Do for me. I would have gotten my happiness a long time ago. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to ask you, like, how great would your life have been if you started yeah. back then doing what you do now? I right. Mean, and that's been- why I think it's so awesome when I hear you talking to Aiden. And I think that people are so interested to learn. I was so interested to learn these things even the past three, four, five years because I want to pass this on to my kids. I want to help my kids as much as possible while they're still in the house. You know, I still have a right. couple more years to give them information. And I think that. The more, you know, I talked to actually Haley today and I said I was going to do the podcast. She said, what are you going to talk about? And I said, I think we're talking about trauma. And she said, well, and we started talking about my disease. Like, I don't think that they would ever connect it the two without having this conversation. So that's why I'm so interested in hearing, you know, your stories and really connecting because so many people I see that have chronic illness, like my brother, mm-hmm. he, he was a warrior, had a lot of anxiety, those types of things. I think that they really, I mean, I think he had something genetic maybe genetic in him or, you know, something passed on from, from our ancestors that were triggered by those things. I think that maybe something innately was in him that caused right. you know, all this trauma or, or so forth. And I that's think a, that's a good point that you're bringing up about, you know, how it's, how you can have the disease, but there's so many different levels. And that's why I'm always like, let's deal with the trauma. So we're eliminating one thing at least that right. could be contributing to this. So when we're in fight or flight, that's when 
you know, a lot of, like I said, damage happens to the body. So things, genes turn on that shouldn't be turned on. You know, the digestion goes, uh, or the energy from digestion goes to the extremities. You know, so the body suffers. You're not assimilating your nutrients or you're not getting the nutrients that you need for your body. And so mm-hmm. therefore, like for instance, I know for myself and a lot of people with chronic illness, they have the MTHFR gene. Some of us have two copies. And I know that that gene alone, and there's probably many other genes that will disrupt the healing process, but those genes compromise detoxification. But you can support them with vitamins. So there's certain vitamins like B vitamins and C. I'm not giving any advice right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, the, you know, I have that gene. Yeah, me too. I think a lot of people who are energetically sensitive actually mm-hmm. do have that gene. So that's why I look at it as like a mind, body, spirit. So it's like, what can you do? So that's why I diet. If every time you eat something, it bothers you, stop eating it. Like that right. makes sense, right? Right. I call those the low lying fruit because no pun intended, but um, <laughs> you know, like you can change your diet pretty easily. You can take supplements pretty easily. Um, as long as you know which ones to take. And then there's the trauma that's sort of elusive, that's a little bit hard to find, but it can be recognized either by working with a practitioner or really getting quiet and looking at yourself and being like, why does this thing keep showing up in my life? For instance, if I had let Aiden run this program of I'm not fast, I can't get places, and he wanted to be a star athlete, and all of a sudden, like 15 years down the line, he's like not fast enough. And he keeps training and keeps training and keeps training. And it could be just this mindset. Like, I don't know about you, but there are times that if I'm like, I can't do this. And then I switch to, I can do it. I can do it so much better. And oh my so gosh. Much faster. Yeah. So completely. It, yeah. And I love to do, so I do osteo strong. Do, do you know? Yeah, no, well, I know it from you. It's really cool. Yeah. I mean, so, the idea of it, but it's, uh, it's like building your bone strength, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's building your bone strength, but it's a very interesting way of doing it because you're, what is the word? Like there's no repercussions, I should say, or very few repercussions for lifting a really heavy weight. So it's not like if you were at the gym and you're trying to lift a really heavy weight, like you'd have to get out from underneath that weight, right? Yeah. But with this osteostrong, it's more of like pressure that you're putting on and they convert it to pounds and things like that. And I might not be doing it justice in explaining it, but essentially I can do some superhuman stuff because I, first of all, I set my mindset properly and then I envision beating that record. And it's kind of just almost, I almost do it just as a mind yeah. <laughs> exercise versus like right. building my bone strength. Though I do think that it's wonderful. In fact, I uh, built my bone density by 178% in like six weeks or something like that. It was like That's crazy. insane. So this is a location, you go to a location. Yes, it's a gym. It's a, I mean, they don't like me calling it a gym, but essentially it's like a gym. Yeah. You go in mm-hmm. and, and it takes only, what is it? 20 seconds um, at each machine or so. So you're there. Technically you're doing work for like a minute and a half, but like we, we are, we can be there for like 15 to 20 minutes to a half an hour or longer because they have this biocharger that we use, which is really cool. I guess I should just shout out to Ryan and Ryan, Ryan and his team are awesome. Do they have franchises? Yes. So it, it, it's actually owned by now I'm forgetting everybody's name. I know COVID COVID. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Tony Robbins. Tony, Tony Robbins. Robbins? Yes, Tony Robbins actually had the machinery in his house and he saw how great it was for his bone tracker because if you really want to be strong, you can't be stronger than your bones can hold. That's why a lot of people who are in the bodybuilding industry are using this because their their muscles aren't going to get much bigger if their bones can't hold it. So they that's work awesome. on both. But then also, of course, like anybody who has osteoporosis or anybody who's aging, you know, it really helps on balance. It helps on, you know, building the bone and then the strength. So like, 
like, so here is Aiden, you know, 15 years down the line trying to make the team and he's not fast enough. And it, and it could have just come down to us removing that trauma or that program that he's not fast enough. And we got rid of the program. So I try to like clean up the programming as we're going. He also gets energy healing every night, you know, and Mm -hmm. we talk about things in a different way than other families. Right. In fact, the other day, I can't even remember what it was about, but, um, I said one thing to Fen and then Fen said another thing to him. And then I said, well, okay, you do this or whatever. And he was like, mom, you're not being impeccable with your word. (laughs) Which to everybody, that's one of the four agreements. Yeah. So he already (laughs) knows one of the four agreements and like, well, (laughs) like he knows. So anyway, he was just like. That's a hard one to interpret too. That's that's probably the hardest one to interpret. No, you said this, so you do this. That is Awesome. I love it when your kid's calling you out for the four agreements. Right. I know. And it was like about like cinnamon raisin bread or something like that. (laughs) That is hilarious. So I'm curious to know, since I know you've, you've helped me so much clear out a lot of the trauma that I've had, which I think has directly improved my health. Um, I was sick for nine years and I'm doing the best I've ever been with the last two months being the most healing that I've had. It's mind blowing. I'm going off my medicine, my, my autoimmune suppressant drugs. So really, really grateful for all the help that you've provided me and the tools you've given me. And that's why I'm excited to be here. So I'm curious to know like what other, you know, some of your other clients, you have good stories to tell of how the trauma affect, you know, some trauma that they've had in their life has affected them. And if they knew about it or they didn't know about it, I'm curious to know. Right. So one thing I will mention is that I, while I can see the story and I, and, and I can see the layers coming off, it's just something that's cool. I really believe that anybody can do tapping and uh, release that energy without necessarily knowing exactly the story. So I'll give you this story, which was kind of mind blowing back in the, you know, a couple of years ago that happened. Okay. So this woman is a nurse and she was working in the hospital and she wasn't feeling fulfilled the way that she thought she'd feel if she was working in the hospital. She really wasn't getting along with her coworkers as well as she wanted to. And so there was a lot to work on. And it turned out that one of the programs that she needed to work on was fear of change. And it came up because we were talking and I could see it lighting up as the program. So when we started tuning into it, or I started tuning into it and we started working on it, it actually started from when she was, I guess it would be an egg coming down the fallopian tube. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy, I know, but hang in there. So, <laughs> so, so what I saw, I mean, it's so weird. So you always ask me, like, how do you know these things? And I'm yeah, like, I right. don't I'm really envisioning know. this thing. You're envisioning <laughs> this egg coming down a fallopian tube. It's not, I was the egg. So this is the oh. weird thing. It's like, I actually felt like I was the egg that was her. So how I know all that at one second, I have no yeah. idea. So anyway, I'm that egg coming down this like tube and I can, and I'm like, it's the fallopian tube. I just know it. So I say to her, I'm like, okay, so this is really crazy, but I'm seeing that you are going down the fallopian tube. You come down towards the uterus and you see your twin sisters. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I'm feeling everything that she felt at that moment or, you know, whatever you want to say, like energetically speaking. Right. And for some reason she wasn't given the download of that. She was coming in with another sibling you know, like at the yeah. same time. I didn't choose this. Yeah. She, I so chose my parents, but I didn't choose to exactly. have Exactly. So like that was the, the feeling or the sense. So it was like, oh my God, I'm out of here. This is not what I asked for. This is not what I wanted. She's here and I didn't sign up for this. I don't, I'm, I really wonder 
about the whole storyline. If yeah. like, she was told to forget it, <laughs> what, <laughs> you know, it, cause I believe that all this is like orchestrated well before we even incarnate. It's kind of like you look around the room. I always envision it as like uh, sitting at a conference table and everybody's there, like God sitting at the end of the table <laughs> or higher, higher yeah. source or power, yeah. or however you want to look at it. And then you have these key players that are sitting on both sides of the conference room table. So you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to, you know, accomplish this, accomplish that. You're going to be a jerk to me. You're going to bring this out of me. You're going to, this is what's going to happen to me when I'm six. This is what's going to happen to me when I'm 16. You know, all of it is actually laid out pretty, right. I wouldn't say tightly, but loosely. Yeah. And there's agreements and, and then they're like, oh yeah, I needed to work out that karma. So I'll do that for you. I'll be, <laughs> you know, your alcoholic father or whatever, you know? So I believe it's all really orchestrated that deeply. But anyway, right. so she's coming down this fallopian tube, sees the sister and is like, hell no, I'm out of here. So I saw her wanting to go back up the fallopian tube. So what we did, we started tapping and we started moving out that energy. And as soon as like we calmed down herself, we we're like, it's okay that you didn't know that this was going to happen. You know, it's okay that she's here. Everything is divinely orchestrated. There's a reason she's here. You know, as soon as we program that kind of stuff in, then she relaxed and she will tell you to this day, she no longer fears change from that day forward. That's and crazy. Yeah. Whether it was a made up story or not, like, and I was like making stuff it worked. up, which I don't. It, yeah, it worked. It moved out that energy. Did it affect her relationship with her sister or was it just with change? I think like, did it she did hate get her better. <laughs> no, she didn't hate her sister, no. But I do believe that it did get better for her and it got yeah. better for her at work, which is one of the things that we were really working on. Ah. So her relationships at work also got better and her whole experience in life just became Amazing. Because Amazing. she was no longer fearing change. I mean, there's change all the time, right? Like you experience change. Everything is changing all the time. So mm-hmm. one of the things that definitely I would recommend anybody who is um, going through this time right now, we're all going through these weird changes mm-hmm. constantly and we're at the mercy of other people's decisions tapping on fear of change would be really a great thing right. to tap on I agree absolutely it's fear of change and also I think lack of control a lot of people right are having with because we just have limited control of what's going on and want to make sure that this doesn't become trauma that well, affects so us it's so important you bring that up because if you think about what what, what did i teach you about control that you can only control your reaction how you react to things exactly right. so like you know you one of the things that we worked on with you a lot was around anxiety and mm-hmm. and, and feeling like you were responsible for a lot of things that were outside of you mm-hmm. like you know how people felt or, you know, the path that people were on, you know, you just felt like you should control those things. Mm -hmm. And then when we worked on it, you realize, okay, the only thing I can really can do is to control my response or how Mm -hmm. I interpret things. And that's the other thing is like, you know, think about what happened to Aiden. Like I immediately was like, okay, so there's some reason why I'm going through this, you know, as a parent, as a mother, I didn't look at it like, oh, I'm a victim. And why is this happening to me? Yeah. Why is this happening to me? I'm like, how is this happening for me? Like, what is it that maybe is going to come from this? That's good. And that's the whole thing about COVID, you know, and all these restrictions is like, in fact, actually with the doc, he was really cool. I had to clear something and it was around this. It's so crazy. I'll explain this. Sorry. I cut myself off. That's okay. (laughs) But like, it's all about right now with COVID, it's all about how are you handling yourself within this situation? Agreed. 
right? And Agreed. we're starting to see how terrible we are when somebody, you know, is in control of, of the outside world and we don't have control over that mm-hmm. stuff. So it's really triggering a lot of people who have that anxiety. But really all we need to do is just turn inward and say like, okay, how is this working for me? Oh, mm-hmm. like I hated my job or, oh, I really needed to look at my finances a lot better. You know, I've been spending a lot of money on things I shouldn't be spending money on. We call them pandemic positives over here. Oh, I love that. (laughs) That's so great. I love it. Yeah, they're silver linings. And I feel like I've really been trying to use this time to, you know, it's been eight weeks on Friday that we've been in the house. I Look, I'm lucky that I'm not on the front lines and grateful that nobody in my family has it. And so many people are dealing with different things. But from my perspective, I've really been trying to use this time to be like, what can I use this time for? I can use it for my healing. I'm cooking healthy foods to heal my body. I'm taking all my supplements and things that I've been told to do for my doctor that I haven't been really as diligent on because I haven't been home all the time to take them. And I'm trying to exercise and move my body. And I think that's such an important thing is like, how can we use this to our better? How can I use this to better myself, to feel better, to get healthier, to be more mindful. But the thing that resonated the most with me is that, and you told me this a long time ago, and I always think about it. And I try and tell my kids this, when someone says something, may not be nice, or if it gets us mad, we get annoyed with it, we get upset with it. It's about them. It's not personal, first of all. And second of all, it's interesting. You're like, wow. I, now I can look at it and be like, wow, they must be really hurting or they must be mm-hmm. really sad or they must have a lot of stuff going on. That's sad and that sucks. And I don't like how that makes me feel, but it's not about me. I need to remember that and not be emotionally attached to that. So I really, really, really try and do that, but it's hard. It's right, hard. It is. But that's and, the key. Yeah. And I'll give a little shout out to uh, Jocko who uh, has written children's books what is it? It's the the character's name is Mark, and um, he talks about that. So like the kid Mark is a scrawny kid, and he gets made fun of, but he winds up befriending the people that one of the kids that hurt him, you know, made fun of him. It turns out he finds out, you know, this kid's going through a lot of stuff, and it's not personal. And right. so it it's really cool. Like so, I've read that book to Aiden. He was obsessed about the series. It was that's he, awesome. Was like, I didn't know about that one. That's yeah. Great. And throughout it, it's like um, about discipline and things like that, and it's a little heavy on like the. Um, military aspects of things. But, you know, if you pull back, there are really great lessons in there. And that's why Aiden really liked it. And it really, Aiden's extremely aware of his body. And that if you put this in my body, in, in his body, it's going to help him. If you put this in his body, it may compromise him. Like he knows that about sugar. He knows that about blueberries. Like he knows that he'll be like, I need to get my steps in or, or like walk. I mean, he's five. <laughs> and he's Wait, what about blueberries? Oh, blueberries are great for the brain. And he'll tell you oh. that. <laughs> I was like, are they not good for you? I eat so much. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Blueberries. Yes. Like, when, when my my partner fell and hit her head like a couple years ago, it was like probably, he was probably two or three. He was probably three. And as soon as she hit her head within seconds, he was like, she needs blueberries. Oh my gosh. Instead of like, she needs like ice or something over her head or whatever. It was kind of funny. That is really cute. Um, but yeah, so that book definitely helps kids to, uh, to, to grapple with those things. Because like, bullying happens at mm-hmm. their age, you know? And, and I was talking to one of the neighbor kids and I was like, listen, you know, that's, it's not about you. It's about that kid and what that mm-hmm. kid's going through. So yeah. we'd all have a lot happier child childhood childhoods if we knew that early on, but yeah, right. that's the key. Absolutely. I want to just go back to, I was starting to say my, the doc helped me with something. Oh yeah. Because I was like, Hey, I've got, you know, this thing going on, um, with uh, a rash on my hand and that I just can't get rid of. And it's kind of annoying. 
So he was saying, it looks like it's part of um, the inner turmoil that I have around knowing that other people out there are having inner turmoil. So as soon as he started talking, I started getting pictures of like what it, what the trauma was. So this is also interesting. Did you know that when you experience trauma, your brain actually separates them out, which makes it harder to heal it? So it separates it into like a picture and a feeling. And so that's why I love tapping is because it, it brings both of those together. So you wind up um, linking the two in, in your brain. So does that mean you, you can get triggered by two different ways for that? It's like, you know, seeing something and also feeling it, feeling it. So yeah, it yeah, yeah. That's, two ways. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. I would assume that would be true. Yeah. If you saw it or felt the yeah. thing. So anyway, so we're talking and he goes, yeah, it's, it looks like you've got, cause it only this rash on my hand started during uh, this quarantine, this COVID. Mm-hmm. And I have to be really careful because I do sense everything that's going on in the world. I do sense what other people are feeling. And so I, I try to clear that all the time, but there was a, there was a match for me which I wasn't clearing, I wasn't seeing. And the match was um, when I was growing up, it was very chaotic in my house. My mom was this person who told us like what to do. You know, I had no control over it. And then I had a brother who was, he was mean to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And, and it was very similar to what people are experiencing in the world in terms of the chaoticness in, within my family when I was growing up. And then the chaoticness that's happening in the the world because in both situations, I'm very calm. Mm -hmm. So when I was growing up, I was very calm, centered. I was like, you know, observing, you know, I was just a little kid. And then the same thing's happening now is like, I'm calm, I'm observing, I'm staying out of things. Not, I haven't Mm -hmm. done anything wrong. It's not really triggering me. But you still know what's going on. Yeah. But I still sense all this chaotic energy. And that was the link for me that I needed to clear. And so he helped me. So that was causing the rash. Yep. And it went away. Well, we just worked on it. So we'll see. Oh, yeah, that was just today. It's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that'll be interesting. That's so interesting. There's just always something to work on. You know, I saw somebody post a meme on my um, Facebook because I've worked with this person and it was like, you know, there's always these layers that are always coming off. And like, I may have a ton of awareness, but sometimes we get blocked. Like, that's why I take my son or myself to other people to have them work on me or him, you know, I can do so much. Like I do the tapping with him. I clear his energy and I can spot some things and I definitely feed him well and all that. And I do the same with myself, but sometimes you need that outside perspective to be like, Oh, this is what that's about. As soon as he brought it up, I was like, Oh, it's right there at the surface for me to look at. And then right. Yeah. So I think that that's obviously where a great energy healer comes in is to help you figure out what's going on. But for those that don't have access to that, you know, if they're not feeling good, they can still tap in different, you know, right. different areas. They don't have to, as you mentioned, you don't have to say anything. Yeah. The um, truth of the matter is like this rash on my hand hasn't been that bad. So I've had other things to deal with, like right. you know, work or Aiden cutting himself or taking care of Aiden or, you know, right. just anything else. Like, and so you're like, I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. Right. I'll put some cream on it, you know, or essential oils or something like that. And it'll get better. But in reality, if I had maybe just sat down and started tapping and said, even though I have this rash on my hand, I deeply love and accept myself. I do believe that it would have come up for me. I should have just sat down and done it, but I didn't. Yeah. I have to remember to do that because, you know, I think as I'm evolving and using these tools more and understanding how things work, you know, like my, my wrist is hurting me. And I'm like, oh, I must have hurt it doing something. And I'm like, oh, I'll just put some CBD on it and I'll rest it. But I'm like, 
why I should be like tapping and I should just be trying to heal it and send positive vibes to it and stuff like that. And I just don't always focus on that. So my back, I mean, back issues, everybody has back issues is usually from some kind of stress is huge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Financial stress is huge um, for the lower back. And then um, the upper back is, uh, you know, love or feeling like you're getting backstabbed or something like that or not being supported. There's so many things that I just, four years ago, I ate, I tried to eat healthy because I wanted to have a healthy looking body. And I wanted, I I thought I was doing the right things, but I never really understood the types of things that you should be doing to actually make your body healthier, make you, you know, you feel better, you know, help you heal and so forth. And I think it's so important to, you know, recognize all these different modalities that you can use to help you feel better. Right. It is mind, body, spirit. There are lots of different levels. Like if you're in a job that is uh, not fulfilling to you, that can wear you down, you know, over time that can really stress you out. Mm-hmm. And that might be the only thing that you really need to fix you. That's why when people say, oh, well, this person died and they were healthy. I'm like, really? I'd like to get a whole write up on how, what that person's <laughs> life was like, because I, you know, who is healthy really, uh, you know, a hundred percent. I think there's always something to be worked on. Right. And it is really mind, body, spirit, and everything needs to be addressed. And that's why we're here today, right? That's what we're here to do yeah. is, you know, help people understand that. So one last thing I wanted to say, so it's important for us to remember that these programs are like a Google search and they're looking for evidence to support the program. So if you don't like what's in the search bar, that's what you got to do is you got to change what you're searching for. You got to do this rewriting of the programming by doing EFT or some other way, stacking the evidence or just over time shifting it so that you're looking for the right thing. So remember when Amy and I were talking, she said that she was hypervigilant, you know, a lot of times when she was younger and that hypervigilance was making her feel like she was not enough. And if you're constantly putting that in the search bar of like, how am I not enough? How am I not enough? Or what don't I know? You know, you're going to come back with this feedback that is, you know, information of how you're not enough. (laughs) But there's so much other information out there that could be populated about how you're so great for other people. Right. You've known these things, you know, you're, first of all, you made it to 24 years old, you know, that alone is a feat, you know, mm-hmm. so you did know enough to get there and right. now you're much older. Um, we won't talk about how old you are, but that's <laughs> <unless> okay. <you> are. <laughs> I'm 45, Woo-hoo! but I look like I'm 24. No, I'm yeah, no, you do. You, you, you also, <laughs> you look young. You do. You're lucky. Or um, I shouldn't say lucky. It has to do with um, mindset. I do believe, you know, it's so interesting. And I'll, this is another thing I'll say is when you meditate, there are lots of studies out there. If you meditate, you will look younger. And when you release trauma, you look younger. You can even see a softness in people's faces. Yeah. And the light comes through. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. It really has. I mean, I've been, I, I committed to doing, because I'm always, Mark and I talk about, we're always trying to meditate more and practice more often. And so I set a goal to meditate 15 to 20 minutes um, every single day for the last well, it's been 10 days, but I'm going to 14 days. And then after 14 days, I'm going to add a little something to my routine, you know, whether it be, you know, journaling, because I'm trying to journal. So I'm doing these things and we're working out, but I'm trying to get into a, into a habit where I'm, you know, meditating, journaling, and working out every single day consistently, because I think those are the three things um, and eating healthy. I think those are 
the four things that are so integral to healing and staying healthy and mindful. Well, the only thing that I'll add to that is yes. check in with your body. And tapping. Make sure, make sure yeah, <laughs> make sure. No, I, I wasn't going to say to tap. <laughs> though everybody says that I'm like a pusher on tapping, but um, it's just because I, I know the value of it. Yeah, but What absolutely. I was going to say is it's important to check in. It's like you can have that schedule, but make sure you check in with your body and your brain to say, Hey, is this something that I should be doing right now? Like, is this what my body really wants or today? Is it what my body really wants? Because for instance, I'm in this 21 day challenge uh, about abundance and, uh, you know, my my friend asked me to be a part of it. Are you doing the Deepak Chopra one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark and I did that uh, in the beginning of COVID. We loved it. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, I started doing that, but um, then the thing happened with Aiden and the first night I didn't sleep very well. and, And then the second night I didn't sleep well either. And so I just didn't do my meditation those two days. I was like, you know what? My body wants rest. Right. Like I just Absolutely. chill and be and, you know, Absolutely. love on my body and just be, do whatever it feels like doing. Not And I didn't feel like doing meditation. So I didn't. So then I caught up on it, you know? Exactly. That's what we did. You just do, or you, you do your best. As, mm-hmm. as another four agreement, you always do your best. And your best today might not be your best tomorrow, but as long as you're doing your best every single day, then you have no regrets, no judgment. I love that. Yeah, that's right. No regrets regrets, no judgments. You're just like, well, that's the way it was then. Oh, well. <laughs> I say that all the time to my boss when she's like upset about something. I'm like, I did my best. I'm sorry. I did my best. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cause it's it true. is your best. Yeah. Cause you're, it's true. You're- it might not be how you wanted it to happen, but I did my best. It's right. And here's how it, it, it's part of the, uh, being impeccable with your word. You're being impeccable with your word. You're saying I did my best. And yes. when you know, you're impeccable with your word and you, give off that energy to your boss. She knows you're impeccable with your word. And so she's going to believe you when you say, this is my best. Right. It really does. If you haven't read the four agreements, (laughs) go get it because it is life changing. I will tell you, it changes the way everything I do in life. And it's made me makes your decisions so much easier. You right. know, it makes you, makes you, you know, it just makes things easier when you know that as long as I do these four things, everything will. Right. And it makes you happier out. as a result. It makes you happier. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Less speaking your about. truth. As I mentioned, the first thing, being impeccable with your word is about speaking your truth. And that's something that I had to work very hard on to do. And I can't hold it back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you, Amy. This is great. Yeah, this was wonderful. Thanks so much. All content provided by Amy Stark and her guests on the Ophelia Podcast website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, were created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist. 